Thank you for listening to another episode of Tunnel Vision Podcast. I'm Mario DeRamis. I'm Eric Walker. Eric, we got a lot to dive into today, so let's just hop right into it. Let's uh, get it. Obviously, we got uh, some NCAA to talk about today. Yeah. But not like how most people might think. We're not actually talking about games themselves, but just some comments made by Nick Saban. And then also reactions to what Nick Saban said about the people he was talking about. Yeah. Well, from the people he was talking about. And then we got Eastern Conference Finals coming down uh, between Miami and Boston. And also Western Conference Finals, which doesn't look like much of a Western Conference Finals between the Golden State Warriors and the Dallas Mavericks. So I'm ready to just jump right in. You ready? Let's get it. All right. So first order of business. Let's talk about Nick Saban, right? Nick Saban had made some comments regarding... Texas A&M saying that they essentially bought the number one recruiting class that they have for 2022-2023 season and saying that Jackson State paid a player, didn't say which player, but I think everybody kind of knew who he was talking about, saying that they paid him a million dollars last year to choose Jackson State over going to one of the top schools like the Alabamas or the Auburns in Clemson, Ohio State, etc. So, obviously, um, a lot of people had things to say about the topic uh, already, but we also heard Jimbo Fisher kind of clap back in Nick Saban, you know, and he had a lot to say, you know, even making a statement saying that some people, air quotes, think that they're God and referring to Nick Saban, right? And even Deion Sanders came back, you know what I mean, and had some things to say to uh, Coach Nick Saban. And even said uh, in a statement that Nick Saban tried to come and apologize to him or privately, but he said if Nick Saban wants to speak to him and wants to apologize, he has to do that publicly. Yeah, that that that's a that's a crazy like like I'm I'm I'm. I'm I'm with Dion on that. Like, Coach Prime is telling nothing but the the truth and the real right there. Like, if you're going to apologize, don't apologize to me publicly. Like, apologize to me. I mean, don't privately apologize to me publicly. And Saban came out and kind of half-ass apologized. To a certain extent, it kind of said something along the lines of he didn't mean to bring people specific names into the conversation. But he brought people specific names into the conversation. Correct. On top of that, what people fail to realize is, you know, a lot of people's like, oh, we rarely hear Nick Saban really talk in that type of manner. Da, 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 and it's like, yeah, but do you know who he was talking to? He was talking to donors. He was talking to his booster club. Trying to convince them to spend more money than the Ohio States or the um, Texas A&M in the world. Yeah, which essentially that's what Deion Sanders had even said. Correct. So it's like, it's, it's crazy that then you, you kind of almost bully Jackson State by bringing them into the situation considering that they just landed you know a, a, a top five recruit I think he was 
in the country. He was the number one recruit. Number one recruit. Well, newsflash, I think he was going to go to Florida State no matter what, right? Yeah. Um, I think Florida, it was Florida State and, and Jackson State was just kind of the, the, the top tier guy teams that he was going to go to. And here's the thing. I'm all for the slander for Nick Saban. Because now what it appears to me is now because of NIL deals, the playing field is going to be different. Absolutely. Now you don't have the cream of the crop. And it's so crazy that this happened because I explained to some cats the other day before this came out and I said, hey, there's a problem going on with the Alabama football program. And they said, "What do you mean?" I said, "If you look at the if you look at the tea leaves, they're not recruiting that well. They're recruiting okay because of who they are, but they're missing out on that top tier guys. And what I mean is, they're missing on a on the wide receivers now. Like they wouldn't have had that better that good of a wide receiver core last year had they not got a transfer, right?" And through the portal, rewinding it back, they, they're they starting to slowly die down at the wide receiver position. They, was a, they were a college where you almost looked at them like they're going to breed wide receivers. They're just going to do it. And they're not doing it at this point anymore. And it, and it appears that the ties might be changing. The, Texas A&M had the number one recruiting class in the SEC. And then it got it. it, it, it then it, then I went to, holy shit, Texas is going into the SEC. As many as people, as many as much as people want to write Texas off for going in the SEC, and saying they're going to be a bottom feeder team, they fuck around and might be a, a top tier team in the SEC. For those who don't know, Texas have probably one of the most, the richest programs in the country. When it comes to money, NIL deals, etc., they have ties with people who own oil companies and everything. So it's one of those things where I think this might be his cry for help. Nick Saban might be crying for help because he's had the cream of the crop for so long that he might not be able to sustain that. And there's one thing I'm going to tell you. I think me and you talked about this personally. If Ohio State can get it done this year, right? And, it, and this is not just me just being a homer. If Ohio State can get it done this year, and Ryan Day can continue to prove that he's going to produce and put guys in, in at the next level like he's been doing, as long as Ryan Day continue to win games, he can overthrow Nick Saban, in my opinion. Then, then I, you know what's crazy? I don't even think you're wrong about that. No. Ryan Day, this guy, I mean, like, I was so blind to it. Like, when, and I'll be honest, like, when they said Ryan Day's taking over, I said, okay, offensively, we should be all right. But I did not understand how big this was until now. Ryan Day, by far, has put together some of the most best recruiting as a head coach. Now, granted, I'm not just giving him credit. His staff, they have put together so much 
that has been absolutely insane. When you talk about a team who did not hit the transfer portal this year, that is huge. Considering a team like Alabama and Nick Saban has to hit the transfer portal because they're not getting the guys that they they used to get. Yeah, no, and, and the, the one thing about Ohio State, as far as I'm not having to dive into the transfer portal to get guys, what we're seeing is guys having to go into the transfer portal from Ohio State who might be sophomores or juniors who won't have the potential to get on the field as soon as they like because they're bringing in so many great recruits at Ohio State. Look at the defense. You can look at the defensive roster right now, and I, and I don't think there's many guys that were on that defense last year that played that is there now. It's almost like the same thing with Georgia, but they just didn't they just didn't send them to the league. Georgia defense is depleted. Ohio State's defense was depleted. They have a few guys returning, some young guys is coming in, and I think that's where they're going to make their mark. But man, oh man, the times is changing for Nick Saban for him to sit here and gripe about a little old team in Jackson State who brought in a budget of rough numbers around. They brought in about two point four ish million as a program, and they brought and they spent. 2.4 ish as a program. Now I do have a problem. I, I, I don't want to get too messy, but I do have a problem with I think when I saw the number, whatever specific number that was, that number balanced out. So I have a problem with Jackson City saying they got a certain amount of money and they spent that same amount of money back into the program or some some sort. There probably has to be a positive somewhere, but. Whatever. Nothing never balances out that well. What well, I do know, hold on, hold on, I do know Jackson State has done a lot to their program for their program. They renovated their locker rooms. They got a new turf stadium. They got a new practice facility. So they're doing more. And I'm not saying that. It's just the simple fact that it actually balanced. Well, considering, I mean, we have to we have to think, right? Like, and I understand what you're saying. To say that, oh, it, so it it balanced out perfectly it has to be some type of either positive or negative margin right correct in the numbers but to 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 this point this is also a program that could have been in the negative right but they're doing so well now that it actually did balance out for them but I, i mean you know you take it with a grain of salt right i mean College football programs have been lying to us for decades and decades and decades about the revenue, right? So that's to be without, you know, taking any without taking any type of grain of salt with it. One hundred percent, and it's just so crazy um, because you know this is what these top tier programs have been doing. They've been doing so, like Clemson Tide operating revenue. Was one hundred and seventy nine point eight million during the physical year twenty twenty one. That's insane. That's insane to for you to be now. You're t- you're you're trying to bully on Dion because he's still in recruits from the top power five schools. That's that's, that's bad. Yeah, no, and I actually saw the number for Alabama. Right, like they're like it, it showed like a breakdown of what their uh, revenue is. Right, mm-hmm. it's one hundred eighty million dollars. Yeah. Number I just gave you. Yeah, $180 million. And they didn't spend that much money. You know what's so crazy? I'm sorry to step on it, but I just brought it to my attention too. I was talking to a college coach that came in and we were talking about 
you know, our kids, and then we just kind of shoot the shit for a while. And you know what was crazy? Not only do they bring in that amount of money as a program, right? We don't see Alabama spend a lot of money. They got one pair of pants, two pair of tops, two tops, one pants, two tops, one helmet. We don't see them venture off from nothing else. And you don't ever hear anything crazy about like, oh, the locker room is this and that. They have these type of. Locker room's pretty decent. Well, I've I'm, seen it. I'm, 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 I'm sure, it. I'm sure that they it's, are. But, it's up there. But when you see like an LSU locker room or. It's, I think it. it's comparable. I think okay. it is comparable. But the, but I'm going back to this to say, you only got one pair of pants. You got white pants. That's it. Two tops. We're in a day and age where, hell, our football program next year will have three pair of pants and three tops. Iowa State in Michigan, Notre Dame, Clemson, and I mean, you keep going, keep going. They like, at least have two two <laughs> bottoms. Fuck, three bottoms and three tops. And maybe two different color helmets. Maybe. West Virginia has a, a gold helmet, a navy helmet, a white helmet. A black helmet. I think Alabama is just kind of like, they want to keep like that traditional image though. Whatever. I get it. But, you know, like, what are you doing with the money then? What are you pouring back into the program? Well, I mean, I don't know. I think that looking back at everything, I think it's crazy for Nick Saban to even call out the the whole thing about a team spending money on a player. Like Alabama never paid anybody. That like that's the like let's get real here. Like Alabama never gave a player a million dollars. Yes. Now I'm glad you brought that up. Now you talk about Julio Jones. Julio Jones, you know, background was. Kind of rough. Rough parents. Um, kind of the the rough area. I think they was in like an apartment. It was a lot of kids sharing um, this apartment, you know, with the family. They didn't grow up in the, with the best financial situation. Correct. And all of a sudden he has an Escalade in college. They yeah, don't no, trust me. Come on, man. I mean, we could go back further and further like. I mean, it was it happened here in our hometown. Damon Flint and Melvin Levitt and them cats had Escalades back in the day. Yeah, no, and trust me, I, I you know going around campus when I was during my time, you see seeing players, you know, in pretty nice cars and bro, you know, we worked at the mall. Yeah, no, absolutely. So we we knew that it was this superstar UC player, not to be named. And some older white guy behind him, and he copped about six or seven shoes. We knew what that was. Yeah, absolutely. It was a booster. Absolutely, 100%. I even have heard stories of Bearcat players fake working at places getting paid. Yeah, which I'm sure. Like, <laughs> like come and, and, on, and, man. And I'm, I'm sure it's done all around the country, right? For it's, sure, 100. It's one of those things that, like, we got to do this so that we can do this, right? Right. Like, we got to make this happen so we can really make this happen, right? And we don't have to officially put it on our books. Yes. So we know how the game goes, and Nick Saban out here trying to run game on people. 
like every like other people aren't tapped in that don't know how things work. You know what I mean? And maybe he can do that with some people. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's maybe some people who don't actually know how things work. I'm surprised nobody called him. I, I'm sure he probably did, but like I'm surprised. Like somebody was like, "Hey, yo, chill. You 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 about to make the spot hot." Which is essentially why I believe that he came out with that when he tried to backtrack and go into that old fake little apology. Because he knew that, oh, if I, if I turn this on, it might backfire on me. Yep. And Deion Sanders being one of the highest recruited players in the, you know what I mean, in, the, in NCAA history, right? I'm sure that he has a, a very fond knowledge of how things went during his recruiting process. Not only him. But his sons as well. His sons. You got to think he mentored kids. Like, he, he he knows. He knows. He knows. Yeah, and, and that's one of those things. I think that he really is like, oh, man, this could really, this could hurt me in a sense. You know what I mean? So, he's trying to come out with this rushed and fake apology. You know what I mean? And then try to call Dion privately like, oh, hey, you know, I know I brought you guys into it. And I didn't even mean to do that. Like, but no, nah, you're right, though. He, he definitely should, you know what I mean, make that, he should have made that a public thing and Apologize to both him and Jimbo Fisher, you know what I mean? In, in the fashion, even though I think the Jimbo Fisher thing is dead. Like, when I tell you October 8th cannot get here soon enough for that Texas AM Alabama game, because I think Jimbo's I think Jimbo's taking everything personal now. As he should. I would. If that was, like, look, I already have, I, I won't, I won't say on, on air, but I already have. There's been some things that just say this. There have been some things with a team or two that we play as a high school that I am not fond of. That I now I'm taking it personal and I can't wait to them games. I can't wait. And I hope and pray they they better hope and pray it don't go the way I want it to go. Cause if it does, somebody might get suspended for 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 overdoing something. Okay, no. <laughs> like they they might be like, "Hey man, y'all scored too many points this week." Like like that type of. Okay, no, I mean, but I mean that's the that's the one thing, right? That's the one great thing about like just sports in general, right? Like the ability to be able to compete and take things like that and use them as encouragement. You know what I mean? And, and put that and translate that onto the field, but. I think, you know, especially, like, in this case, like, it, I think it was weird for me to see Nick Saban, who has been the number one recruit, probably had the number one recruiting class for, I say, a better half of the past two decades, right? But now you're complaining about another team within your conference, specifically, oh, they got the number one class, so now that's an issue? Because how many people were coming out complaining about Alabama having the number one recruiting class? Or Alabama winning the national title, what three out of four? You know what I mean, three out of four years. Ain't no fun when the rabbit get the gun. Exactly. So now, like you said, it's more of an even playing field. And I don't think Nick Saban, even though I don't think he was trying to attack them, you know what I mean, specifically. Or I think that he was trying to do it in a way to kind of motivate the boosters, as he, you know what I mean. A lot of people feel that he has, like you explained. Like even that, even though that's the attempt, you still it makes it worse to me. It's almost like you telling you you pillow talking. 
Yeah. You pillow talking. Yeah, because now you now you telling you basically telling the world and you telling the media that oh they're not doing enough no more. Yeah. Whatever they doing is not enough no more. Yeah. You telling the boosters that, yeah basically it's almost like you getting with a girl and you tell her oh you like you find out she messed with the other dude and you like oh you let her crack. I mean you let him crack. Jay let me crack on. Pillow talking. He pillow talking. Yeah, no, yeah, and you know what I mean. Instead of just being like, "Hey, we got to learn how to play the game now differently," right? It I mean he, he's just showing that right. he's he's showing now that he's intimidated or he's yeah, scared. He's scared. He's and, scared. Say so you scared. Yeah, because I get to. I tell you what, man. That team, that team up in Columbus right now, they they right they ready to rock and roll. I think, brother. Um, it's it's just before we go to NBA. Um. I did read earlier today, I, th- I believe it was today, yeah, today. Ohio State, Vegas has Ohio State projected double-digit wins for every game this season. Is that insane? That's insane. <laughs> That's insane, but it's also possible, though. For sure it's possible. It's absolutely possible. I mean, you're talking about one of the best offenses in the country. Oh, yeah. 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 Definitely possible. Yeah, so they they got uh, Michigan game, um, school up north. They got that game already. They, I think it was like fourteen points. Yeah, they might beat Michigan by twenty five points this year. It's going it's gonna get ugly. No, yeah, I'm, I'm Michigan got a young team. They got to really learn how to re. They got to rebuild now. Jim Harbaugh doesn't do he doesn't do a, a great job with young teams. If you look at his history at Michigan, yeah, he lucky he got that re up because if it wasn't for that. He wasn't getting it after this year. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna get ugly. Oh yeah, and you have to take into account that in Michigan they lost their offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator. So it's gonna get ugly. It's, it's gonna be, it's gonna be probably a rough year. I, but I still see about six, seven wins. I still see about six, seven wins for Michigan, give or take. Um, another news before we jump, my bad. Uh, Jordan Addison is now with the USC. How do you feel about that? Uh, I think it's I think it's a good move, and I'll explain why. And I actually was about to say something about USC, right? Okay. Because I think it's actually about to be a change in the guard. You talk about uh, obviously the, the rise of Ohio State because of the NIL deal and t- teams like Texas A&M, but Lincoln Riley going to USC, like in hindsight, with this NIL deal in place, is so smart for him strategically, right? Duh. Because I'm t- you're talking about USC in LA. Duh. You have the history of USC, and you bring over Caleb Williams, who is a highly recruited quarterback quarterback that you're bringing over from Oklahoma. He's already familiar with the system. And you bring a, a, a Blimkoff winner and Jordan Addison over as a wide receiver. The, yeah, no, the, the writing's on the wall, like, and especially in the depleted Pac-12, where essentially, like, the who's the biggest threat to them right now? Nobody. Oregon? Nobody. And they just lost their head coach in Mario Cristobal? Nobody. <laughs> exactly. Like, the only thing that you probably have to worry about are two games in, in the season, and that's one being Oregon because of the name, two, UCLA, because Chip Kelly has done a pretty good job of kind of trying to revive that school, but it's still UCLA. Anybody in California tell you UCLA is always going to be the little brother to USC in California recruiting. USC also has built their team off of transfer portals as well this year. Um, I think they was under when he first Lincoln Riley first got there. They might have been under the scholarship limit of like 
Like, I think they had like 15 to 16, something crazy number of scholarships still able to be given out, um, which is crazy in itself. But um, I think now they have fulfilled all of those slots. Um, I think Jordan Addison probably was kind of like the last uh, one that they really truly had. Um, and I, I think, you know, there's, there's, there's some issues and some, with the, this deal though, with Jordan Addison going there, um, Jordan Addison going to USC, there's rumors that he got like, uh, somebody was able to give him a home for like 1.5 on the beach. Like that's insane. <laughs> like, um, to do there, there's potential some tampering that, I don't think got called out there. Um, there was there was a thought that he might go to Alabama because he got caught um, throwing and catching with um, Bryce Young. But he made that decision. I think that was the better decision um, just because he may or may not get caught with some tampering. There were some issues with Alabama potentially tampering as well. Um, so... He's out of USC. Um, I think he'll do well. Um, he's a he. For him to get the best wide receiver award last year in college football doesn't do justice for him because he wasn't the best wide receiver in college football last year. No, Garrett Wilson was. Yes, without a doubt, Garrett Wilson was the best wide receiver in college football last year. Um, kind of some. Kind of a reason why Jordan Addison isn't coming out, didn't come out last year, um, but is coming back this year. Um, he was kind of force fed as well, um, so he was getting targets when he shouldn't have. Like when the game's out of hand or out of reach, they they kind of over targeted him, and kind of it reminded me kind of how Alabama used to do with Julio Jones, like. When the game's out of hand, out of reach, or when when they're when they're winning and they don't have to just rely on a run game, they kind of force fed Julio Jones to get him to be that. Cause he when he when it when they were trying to win the game, they ran the ball a lot. You know what I mean? They didn't force feed him as much as they did. So um Yeah, that that's just kind of my take on it. USC, I'm with you though. USC will um uh, be back. I think Lincoln Riley's taking them to another level. Um, and restoring the, the, you say the changing of the guard, um, because they will be able to recruit, um, and they will land guys. Lincoln Riley has proven that he can get quarterbacks to the to the next level. Um, him and Ryan Day are like fucking. They look like the greats right now. Yeah, and, and so what I was trying to allude to is like, so you remember the time where USC kind of reigned supreme when they were one of those upper echelon teams, right? Right. And then we never got the we never got the national championship that we deserved, which was Ohio State at the time versus USC. Mm-hmm. Remember, because back then it was just BCS. Yep. Now I think that we do get that in the next three to four years. Mark my words. With this NIL deal in place, and it's helping change the landscape of college football, and it makes it a more even playing field for teams. I think that we could potentially see. USC, Ohio State in the national championship game within these next three to four years. And I think we kind of see the writing on the wall for Alabama, right? Because I don't think 
over the next three to four years that they'll reign supreme in even in the SEC. Yeah. I think the SEC is going to be different. Like, with the, cha- with the bringing in, like I said, bringing in Texas. And Oklahoma. And Oklahoma potentially can, can cause some problems. Yeah, no, no, I agree a thousand percent. Uh, it'll be very interesting to just kind of watch how things break down between, you know what I mean, these different schools and these conferences with the NIL deal in place and how it changes everything, you know, over the course of the years to come. Because I'm sure even with this deal in place, then they'll have to obviously try to implement other rules. And one thing I do hate, though, I don't like the tampering thing. I don't like that tampering law. Like, I mean, because you have to assume that, especially with the transfer portal in place, like, that's why the transfer portal is there, so teams can tamper. Like, that's, like, if you don't think that it's happening, or do you just not want it, do you just not want people to talk about it? Um, I think what the problem was, was before Jordan Addison technically put his name in the hat to transfer, you have a, you have a, to be in the transfer portal, you have a time frame that you have to put it in. And I think the problem was is there was conversations made to USC and or Alabama that was before he even went into the transfer portal. Yeah, absolutely, because he wants to talk to like. The, and, but that's the thing, though. So because it's just like if you have a job, right? You have a job, and you're like, man, I really, I kind of want to look and think about doing something else. And you, so you apply for jobs, right? So you apply for these different jobs. But then you have an interview. You're not gonna tell the, you're not gonna tell your job that you put in your two weeks in before you kind of comfortable. Like, okay, I got a spot over here. One hundred percent, I agree because there might have been occasions where like a like people talk for like a hot second. Oh, will he go to Ohio State? And it's like, no, that wide receiver room is already deep enough. Like you bring in somebody like him, they might look around, look away, and say, hey, I want I want out now. They're losing top recruits because they can't get on the field. Right. And, and, and to be honest, like, there might have been an opportunity where he may have been, like, the third or fourth guy, even if he went to Ohio State. So, yeah, I get it. You got to kind of feel where you kind of can be at. But I think what he wanted to do was eat his cake. He wanted his cake, and he wanted to eat the other cake, too. He wanted to kind of say, all right. Hey, Pitt, I may or may not get in the portal, but USC, come get me if you want me. Alabama, come get me if you want me. Like, if you're ready to to field those questions and field those schools, go get in the portal, then come out of the portal. But the problem was he wasn't man enough to go in the portal and say, I'm not ready to be back in Pittsburgh. And then don't get those options or those opportunities and come back and say, hey, I made a mistake. Exactly. So, yeah. Um. All right, I keep saying this, but before we go to that, is there any other, any other news uh, NFL-wise that um, popped up over the last week um, since we was in pod before we get to the NBA? No, nah, nothing really transpired in the NFL. I know Nick Foles is now a Colt. Yeah, I mean. As a backup quarterback. Yeah, but I don't really know if that's news. I mean, but it, it will be interesting, though. Nick Foles backing up Matt Ryan. 
Baker Mayfield is not going showing up to OTAs. Wahoo! Like, well, but that's obviously a, that's something that we already knew, right? Like, and, right. But, but this is. But I, I didn't want to talk about this though. Just before we move on to NBA and start talking about the Eastern Conference and Western Conference Finals, um, Deshaun Watson, right? He's a, suspended six six weeks for ne- uh, this upcoming season. At least six weeks. That's what we know right now. Oh, I didn't. I missed that. Maybe. Oh, did you miss that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. So. Um, I ain't been tapped in as much as I need to be. Yeah, so he'll miss, he'll miss six games this upcoming season. But with that information being out there now, because something had happened where he had admitted to something transpiring. I did see that, with, but I didn't see the suspension. Yeah, about, yeah with, that's with, crazy. With Go one ahead. of the massage therapists. He said, like, so in court, he said that she was crying at the end of the massage. So now it's bringing all these different allegations more so to light. Like, okay, well, maybe we should have believed some of these girls, right? But at the same time, that's the only thing that was really brought out. It's nothing to say, oh, what was what happened or, you know, did he force her to do anything? He just said that he admitted that at the end of the massage she was crying. Yeah, I did see that part. Um, outside of that, um, Guess Kyler Murray's not going to attend OTAs. Well, he's still looking for that new contract, which so is Lamar Jackson, right? Right. So, I mean, I think that's one of those things where, I mean. But I don't see Lamar not, I don't see Lamar missing OTAs. No, I think this is, I think this year's Lamar Jackson revenge tour. Like, and, and I think that he's upset with Baltimore a little bit about the fact that they traded Hollywood Brown without, <laughs> without his knowing. No, that, see, that's a whole lie. Hollywood went to um, Lamar and told Lamar he want, he requested a trade. Okay. So they did it behind scenes. Um, I heard Hollywood talk about it. I think it was, he was on either I Am Athlete or Pivot. Um, and they discussed that conversation with him. He did no longer want to be in the offense that they were running and thought he would be better off elsewhere. Yeah, no, which I, I agree with him a thousand. I actually think he's an upgrade from what Christian Kirk was at his position or at that position. So I think they'll utilize him in the same position, like they'll put him in a, as a slot receiver, and they'll utilize him in that way, just like they did Christian Kirk. But I think he's an upgrade. I don't know. He dropped the ball a lot too. He drops the ball a lot for me. Nah, but I, I think I think I think when he plays outside, he does worse than playing inside. It's it's the drop balls for me. Okay, but I, if you, if you're if you. If you're going to complain about an offense and not being utilized in the appropriate ways, I get that. But the opportunities that you do get, you got to make the best of them. Which I think that he, I think that he has. He was a thousand yard receiver, two years. Yeah, but again, we've been waiting for a breakout year from him. Just, I think that we've like, look, we have to give him credit. Because you got to think, Baltimore, his rookie year, they led the league in rushing, right? All and he was still a thousand yard receiver. All I'm saying is, we waited for. There, there could there. Why isn't we talk? Why, if we're talking about him as a thousand yard receiver, why aren't we talking about more? He wasn't the best wide receiver on the team. Was he not the boy? Whoa, 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 whoa. The best tight end or the best wide receiver on the on the team was tight end and Mark Andrews, but that's because the, the offense is designed more so for Mark Andrews to get the ball more times, like per like in a game, he's gonna get more targets because that's just the way the offense is set up. I hear me out. Put them two on any other team, 
offensively, where they're throwing the ball a hell of a lot, Mark Andrews, in my opinion, is still the better receiver between them two. Uh, I think that's debatable. I, but I won't. Look, we. I'll break it down like this, right? Mark Andrews, and this is in my opinion, is he's, he's a top three tight end in the league. 100%. Marquise, it might not Mar- be three or two. Marquise Brown. It might not be three or two. Okay, it, it might not be. It depends on how you how you how you judge it. I still think that people. It, hey, it's it's a guy named Travis Kelsey that's a bad man in Kansas City, and it's another guy named George Kittle that's a really bad man in San Francisco. And that bad man in Kansas City may or may not be that bad of a man without that bad man who's throwing in the ball. On top of that, may or may not be that bad of a man when he has a track star and Cheetah that's running right with him that's taking the top off the defense. We gonna see this year because now knows. George Kittle, you you now we're here, now we're here. George Kittle, okay, maybe one A one B, but I still got some reservations. Don't get me wrong, Kelsey's a hell of a player. He's a dog. But I still got some reservations because it's like what you're doing, there's so much around you to help you. At times, this fucking Mark Andrews and fucking Lamar, that's it. Yeah. No, no. Look, and I think that we see this year, if was it was it Tyree Kill <laughs> that was taking the lot or taking the top off. Not really, because they, re- they fucking replaced Tyree Kill with like three receivers. That are subpar decent. But, but, but <laughs> at the end of the day, does he have to go out and put up the numbers? And he, uh, he, he does. And, he, and does. he has. He does. He does. You know what I he mean? Does. So, I, I I do want to say this, though. I want to say this. If if you look at the breakdown of it, with Andrew, uh, with Mark Andrews being a top three tight end, nobody's out here saying that Hollywood Brown or Marquise Brown is even a top ten receiver. So you have to look at that breakdown too, right? So if you say, okay, on this team, he would still outproduce Marquise Brown. Okay, that's fine because he's a top three tight end versus Marquise Brown, who's probably top 30 receiver. For sure. Oh, oh, 30? Uh, top 30. I'm just saying 30. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It might be a little lower, but okay. But. Yeah. Um, in other news, before we leave football, um, just quickly, just want to run down a couple more things. Um, Dan Snyder might be in trouble, and um, owners may be looking to, to, to force him to sell pretty soon. Oh, which they, they should have, Dan Snyder should have been sold that team. Jadavion Clowney is now back with the Cleveland Browns for another year. I didn't doubt that he would leave. Um, um, the New England front office is very concerned about this offensive coaching staff that's been put in place um, since the, the departure of Josh McDaniels. So we'll, we'll keep a close, tight knit on that and kind of see how that progresses through OTAs and, and, and through the uh, summer. Um, Odell Beckham is still a fucking free agent. I don't understand why. Well, I think that people kind of want to see how he's responding after his surgery. There is another one. Jesse Bates. Boom. Jesse Bates does not want to play under the franchise tag. As he should. I won't play under the franchise tag if I'm him. Jesse Bates. Will Jesse Bates be a Bengal? 
Yes. They resigned. I am saying you don't let that motherfucker. You don't resign him. If he doesn't want to play under a franchise tag, you force his way out. Until you 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 fucking could get something for him, this worth it. What do you? You've trade? already you, you trade. Yes, yes. Jesse Bates ain't that. I'm telling you, cats are thinking Jesse Bates is live. Jesse Bates is subpar. He just happened to be a a a, a defensive guy, the one of the best defensive guys that the Bengals have came across in a while. That is it. Jesse Bates is subpar, bro. He had a whole he had a he had a subpar regular season, came through decently in the playoffs for them in the playoffs. He came through when it mattered. But what I'm gonna tell you is that safety that they drafted from the Michigan Wolverines can put him it, it put him to rest and say, Y'all can go trade this motherfucker, and now you can go ahead and give the the, the top dogs who go take all the money. Joe Burrow is gonna take a lot of money. You gotta still get Joe Mixon another extension soon. But that's on top of that, Jamar Chase and Higgins are coming up soon. But let me ask you a question. Don't get me wrong, Jamar Chase was a rookie last year, but you got T. Higgins coming up. Now we're probably two years into Tyler Boyd's deal. I'm just saying, man. It ain't enough money to go around for somebody to think Jesse Bates needs to be paid. 17, 18 million dollars a year. It ain't enough. I think, but that's the thing though. I think that you see, I think you see them pay a Jesse Bates before you see them pay a Joe Mixon. What? And then look, and it's not, no, I'm, no, no, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going to explain why. Because you have to think, for one, Joe Mixon's already older than Jesse Bates. For two, Joe Mixon is a running back. Think about the running back position, the value of the running back position over the past. Like decade, right? It's it's gotten worse, and also you have to think about this is this yeah, is the biggest. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Joe Mixon's gonna can, be can I, can I, before can I, Jesse Bates will. Can I can I say this? And I'll and I'll leave it at this. And I'm done with you. You you can have it on this one. Here's another reason why you don't you don't have to resign Jesse Bates because you don't fucking need him because Von Bell is the guy. You have to pick between Von Bell and him. Yeah, who would you take? I give me give me the reason why the defense started to play better because you got a veteran leader in John Von Bell who knows how to prepare as a pro, or you get this young guy who, for the most part, for most of his career, has been a good player on a bad team. It is easy to be a good player on a bad team. It is not good. It is not easy to be a good player on a on a good team. And, and then- Am I wrong? No, no, you're absolutely right. But I, I will tell you this though: I think, I think Daxton Hill is probably going to do more so of playing or replacing Avon Bell than he will Jesse Bates. That'd be stupid too. And and this right, and I I, I think I like Von Bell, but Von Bell also is older than Jesse Bates. Like age Don't matters matter. in football. Age bringing, ma- bringing Von Bell over was one of those things that was necessary because he came from a winning organization. Which before going playing with a winning organization, playing with a winning organization with Ohio State, right? And I think the one thing about sports is I tell people all the time, you have to learn how to win. So Von Bell brought over that energy, that winning mentality, and said, and, Hey, we can't accept losing. And if you think that the Bengals franchise organization 
is stupid enough to get rid of a guy who just helped you turn that team around? You crazy, but bro. But it happens all the time. Not a, not a veteran guy like Von Bell. It no. happens all the time. They get rid of guys when you are, are older and washed and you're not a leader. No, when they don't feel like when they don't feel like it's worth the ticket, that's when they get rid of you because they're saying, "Hey, so who's worth the ticket? Who's worth the ticket? Von Bill or Jesse Bates? Jesse Bates. I'm telling you, Jesse Bates because he can he has the ability to be there longer. Are you trying to win? No, no, I'm not trying to win. I'm just trying to explain to you. And I'm are you are you are you trying to win now? Or are you trying to? Or what are, you, what are you trying to do? What yeah. are you... Because here, here's the thing. Here, here, here's the thing, right? A Von Bell is a cat where you're not paying Von Bell that same money. Right? Like, Von Bell is going to make $6 million this year. Jesse Bates is going to make $17 million. Yeah, but that's the thing, though, because think about Von Bell's contract. So when his contract extension comes up after this season, then he's going to say, okay, y'all chose me over Jesse Bates, so whatever y'all were going to pay him, I'm expecting to get paid that. Listen, for the listeners out there, in 2020, they paid Von Bell $3 million. They paid him $4 million the next year, and they're going to pay him six to follow him. And you know He's why? He's not going to want... That type of money. Yes, he will. But you know why they had. You know why they were able to pay him that? Because when he, when his contract was up in New Orleans, nobody was really saying, "Hey, we gotta, we gotta get Von Bell." But who's gonna still be checking for him? If it worked, don't fix. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, he's get, gonna, he's gonna expect more money. It's a reason why, bro. Is there's a reason why the Bengals drafted two safeties in this draft? Well, they drafted one of them who actually, he played corner. He played corner in Nebraska. Okay. And he has the ability to play safety. And they also did it for depth because what happened to Jesse Bates uh, last year? He got hurt last year. So they want depth there and they want to be able to go younger. So I think at the end of the day, the tides will turn. But I, I still say at the end of the day, you pay Jesse Bates. Because in my opinion, he's still one of those top three, top five safeties in the NFL. Lord's yours. I'm, I'm, I'm good. No, I no, 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 no. I won't pay. No, no. It's a thing, but we can we can revisit this at a later time when something transpires there, right? Okay. But you're on the favor of saying that they should trade Jesse Bates. Fuck I'm yeah. saying they should pay Jesse Bates. But let's talk about this basketball, man. NBA. It, the lack thereof, though, right? Yeah, Eastern Conference Finals, Western Conference Finals doesn't seem like much of a finals end out right like doesn't seem like we're getting that type of the, the matchups that we thought we would get this, this, well let, let's be honest too like these games are like the worst western finals uh, eastern conference finals games we probably could have seen they're either they're for the eastern conference side there's blowouts well, I think the thing is, it's, it's underwhelming because it's not a lot of star power here. It's not. It's not. It's, it's not a lot of star power here. If we're t- if we're if we're being honest, like if you're a big basketball buff, like then you you love it just because you love like the 
thought of the matchup. You got Jimmy Butler. What you know what I mean? Who's I, I, I don't know. He's on the cusp of being an All Star. I don't. Huh? I mean, a, a superstar. Oh, I'm gonna say uh, no, 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 because oh, no, he has household name. We, we, we about to, we about to go there. Then no, no, we. I mean, we, we know that he's an all star, but like Jason Tatum, who is a super, uh, you know, what I mean, is a superstar. I think, I think we still can sit here and say Jimmy Butler is a superstar. I think he's on the cusp. I, I mean, I think if you, he's a, he's probably the most unselfish star in this league. Yeah, but when when I say superstar, right? So I think he's the star in basketball, right? It, I, I just meant I, I I just downgraded it by saying the star, but I I would say superstar. Like I think he's just he doesn't. It, it's not Jimmy's way. Yeah, it, no. it's Jimmy's way. Sorry, let me rephrase that. It is Jimmy's way, but it doesn't always equate to what Jimmy has to. To, to be in the limelight or be the, the, the guy. Like, Jimmy is a is one of those guys where Jimmy kind of, he, he grew into the guy that he is. So, he did the dirty work. He was that dirty work guy. And then he became into the player that he is today. So, he, he understands what it could be like to be the eighth man off the bench and work your ass off and just be a defender. To being okay now you're the number one option, but now you facilitate as well, and you're probably one of the best defenders on the team. Yeah, and, and it's nothing wrong, and that's not to me trying to downplay Jimmy Butler because I like Jimmy Butler. But I'm saying as far as like when you look at the context of what a superstar is, right? Do you think that he fits that mode of guys that we talked about as superstars? I think he, I think he could. That's why he I'm, could. That, but 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 he doesn't do it consistently because he's a. I, I would say he's the, probably the most unselfish team player we, we see in the league. Well, if, all right, if, if I had to make it, draw a comparison to him, right? If I were to label him as a superstar, I would label him as a superstar like I would label Scottie Pippen as a superstar. So, so Scottie Pippen wasn't a superstar in the league? Scottie Pippen was a superstar based on circumstance. he was. If, if, all right, if Michael, okay. Jordan, if Michael Jordan never played with Scottie Pippen... Do you think Scottie Pippen would have been a superstar? And, and I, I'm not, hate, I hate talking ifs like that because no, no, but because I felt like he understood how to be a pro because playing with Mike. But when he did not play with Mike, he played at a high fucking level. He got that team to the Eastern Conference Finals without Mike. So I don't want to sit here and talk ifs. Yeah, but after but, winning three championships already, but, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it's almost like even with Jimmy Butler. Like, it's not, and I say it's Jimmy way, but the more I keep thinking about it, it's not even Jimmy's way. It's the fucking Heat way. Nothing's bigger than the Heat. If you look and you see what Eric Spolster's been doing, these guys can do more with less. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not taking anything away from that. You're talking about a team that has the sixth man of the year, Tyler Harrow, who can come off and give you 20. In any given night, right? Right. Then you talk about Bam out of Bayou, who is a guy who can give you 20 and 10 any night. They're an unselfish team, and I, I agree with you. I think that a lot of it, a lot of the success that they've had this season has been predicated off of Eric Spolstra and the Miami Heat. But if Jim, but if we seen Jimmy Butler in a place where they they needed him to thrive at the top level to be that guy. We've seen that. Yeah, Jimmy yeah. Butler was that guy in, in in Chicago. 
Yeah, he was. He became that guy in Chicago, right? He became that guy in Chicago. After Derrick Rose had suffered that knee injury, he stepped up to the plate. Took over. He, he, he was that guy when he went to the Timberwolves. The only problem was he had a problem with Cat. His problem with Cat was, hey, bro, we, we you got to play better than what you're playing. And that wasn't his only problem. His other problem was with who? The head coach. Who was his head coach in Chicago who was trying to coach him the same way he was coaching him in Chicago. And, and, Je- and that ain't work. Exactly, because Jimmy was like, yo, I'm not that player anymore. I'm a, you know what I mean? So I'm not going to be doing this and that. I think he just didn't want to overexert himself. As he shouldn't. As he shouldn't, but at the same time. And that's a lot on you when you talk about you trying to carry a young T-Wolves team and they ain't re- those guys that should be those guys ain't responding. They're not responding. It's almost like it's almost like as if Shaq uh, Kobe came at Shaq saying, "Hey Shaq, you fucking lazy. You this, you that. You doing this, you that. You can't just party in this." And Shaq ain't producer. Kobe coming at Shaq and Shaq producer, but Kobe coming at him like, "Hey, dog, just think if you fucking." Care even more what you would do. You would fucking be the the most dominant player in NBA history. Period. But with no ifs ands or buts about it. You see what I'm saying? So Jimmy Butler was just in a bad situation with them guys. When you got young guys who really ain't trying to buy in to be a pro and really, you know, it look it just took Cat this year to really kind of showcase his talent to where it's like, all right, he might be some. He might be alright. Well, I think it was, you know, some it, some circumstances. You know, he he had a lot going on in his family. Well, yeah, not only that, but at the same time, I mean, you think that now they got Anthony Edwards, Anthony Edwards team double teams. Not, not but, but it is you you about to go where I was about to say. Whose team is that? Anthony Edwards. My point exactly. Yeah, no, let's be real about it. it is. <laughs> My point exactly. But anyway. Back to the Eastern Conference. Eastern Conference has been dull, in my opinion. Um, it's been, it's, but it's been better than Western Conference. It's though. been better than the Western Conference. It's crazy because the text walked yesterday, and I said, like mid game, I said, bro, go State might sweep these cats. Yeah, I had the same sentiment last night when I was watching the game. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, I put it on Twitter that I saw. It. I said yeah. this, this this might be a sweep. Yeah, it, it will be a sweep. It will. Like I feel Ooh. like I feel like Dallas after because game two right we got to take and we got to well we can go when we talk about the Western Conference Finals we go can ahead do go we here we here we here we here go okay ahead. so you don't have anything to say left about the Eastern Conference Finals um game five tonight though game five tonight um it was game four it's game, game four, four sorry it's game four tonight two one Miami um playing in Boston tonight playing in Boston. Uh, guys have been banged up and injured. You, you start to see that in this series. Marcus Smart obviously Marcus Smart, went down. Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler. Uh, Jason Taylor went back for a while. He came back yes, last game as well with the shoulder. Um, um, the, 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 um, Al Horford was out with COVID one game. You got Williams that was out. Robert Williams. Robert yeah. Williams that, that will be playing, I think, tonight. Um. So there's been just a whole lot of stuff with, you know, injuries and things like that that that's going on in the series. Who you got tonight? I game, game four. Who do you got? I'm going with Boston. I'm going with Boston too. Jason Tatum in Game Three. 
underwhelmed, only scored 10 points in the entire game. I think Jason Tatum tonight drops 40. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you, and I, and I believe that Marcus Smart has a good game as well. Yeah, Marcus Smart, man, that was a brutal. It looked like a very brutal injury. Yeah, you know what I mean. So very fortunate that he's able to uh, return to uh, to the contest and play in the Eastern Conference Finals. Obviously, was the Defensive Player of the Year. But I, I think is the game is is controlled by Jason Tatum. Right? Like yep. for the for the Celtics to flow, Jason Tatum is, has to flow. And while we're here on Eastern Conference, before we go, I'm gonna go ahead and say that Jason Tatum is the MVP of the Eastern Conference Finals. Okay. Because they're doing that this year. This year they're doing the Eastern Conference Finals MVP and the Western Conference Finals MVP. Do you do you think that oh so you think that the Celtics overtake the series? Yes. I I hope so. I'm going Miami and seven. Still. Oh. I'm still going Miami and seven. Okay. I got Boston. Seven. Okay. Alright, um but yeah, we can swing over to the Western Conference Finals. Which ain't much really, right? Yeah, I mean this is a broom sweep. Yeah. I, I'm calling this a sweep. Either that or nah, it's a gentleman sweep. No, 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 no. I call this a sweep. I think Golden State understands and knows that they could use this rest because Eastern Conference is going to go to a seven game series. Oh, so you do? You think that the there's, finals is going to a seven? Oh, you think? Oh, you think that? Yeah, no, that series is going seven. Right. So they're smart enough to say we're about to get some extra days of rest, and we're gonna come out slanging <laughs> game one in the finals. Okay. No, no. That, and, and if they if they don't have that mindset and that they don't see blood like that, they they're better than guys, man. For the most part, um, I think they do see that blood, and I think they take advantage of that and, and, and go win uh, so that they can chill and and watch, you know, three four three more games. Yeah, and, and actually, I, I I won't lie to you. I I felt that this game was over after game two. Obviously, like Dallas. So let's take them back a little bit. It was game two. Dallas had a twenty point lead yeah. at one point. Same with they they it was up twenty in that game. They came back and walked them down. And it, um, it kind of and, and that was Saturday. They came and walk came and walked them down Saturday and went on like a twenty six to two run. Yeah, and and this is the thing, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was game two. Mm-hmm. So this is the thing. A lot of people felt like, and myself included, felt like it was about to be one of those nights. For Golden State, like, oh, this this reminds me of that Phoenix game all over again. But the difference between the Phoenix team and this Golden State team, this Golden State team, they got a bunch of guys that are shooters and scorers. Phoenix don't got a lot of those guys. Phoenix got, they got Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton sometimes, and then Chris Paul sometimes, right, as scorers. So if Devin Booker is hot, you know Phoenix is scoring. If Devin Booker not on... You know that you got a great chance of winning this game. But I think that nobody told Dallas that, yo, Golden State ain't Phoenix. They got some guys that, even if they down 20, it's still a winnable game. It's 20, you you up 20 points in the second quarter. I am, I'll say this, and people are going to get mad at me. But there might be a point where I am going to bow down to this and say, the Steph Curry might go down as a top ten player in NBA history when he's done. Yeah, I'll double down on that. I, I have no problem. I think right now he's a top fifteen player all the time. Yeah. He man, his I hate it, but I but you know it is what it is. The ability to shoot the three at the rate he shoots the three at, um, it is it's just it's changed his game far enough. It's so crazy, bro. I drove up the street the other day, and the kid 
this is how you know the game is fucked up now. A kid shot the ball. He's by himself. Shooting. He shot the fucking ball, bro, and turned around. As the ball's in the air. The Steph fucking Curry effect. Yeah, no, and, and that's the thing, though. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and Steph is cocky in that way. You know what I mean? Because Steph knows, like, when he's leaving his hand, if it's going in or not. I mean, shooters, shooter, shoot. Yeah, shooter, shoot. That's, <laughs> that's for sure. But, shooter, shoot. They know. But, no, man, it's it's crazy, man. And I think that a lot of people with the talks of Luka Doncic and Jason Tatum and all these other players, but people kind of forgot about. I think Steph kind of felt like, yo, people forgot, you know what I mean, who I am. And I think he wanted to show everybody, like, yo, I'm still the best player, like, that's left in these playoffs. I'm still one of the top five, top three players in the NBA. You feel me? So, and I think Steph kind of was taking a lot of things personal this year. Especially with the, you know, the early season rumblings of, oh, it's, you know, KD year to go to the finals and, you know, what's Golden State going to be, you know, you know, are they going to be a legitimate contender again? Steph took it personal. Hell, and this is... What a, a not so healthy Clay Thompson kind of still getting back to it, but not performing at a very very high level. Like we've seen Clay miss a lot of shots that the old Clay would have made. Yeah, but you know what's making up for that? Jordan Poole. Oh, without a doubt. Not only Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins played well last with last game. Yeah, absolutely. And Andrew Wiggins has been playing well all season. But it, it, it that that's the beauty of it. When you have a guy who can go into a role like Andrew Wiggins and now you're asking to be a defender and a rebounder and then he could be able to give you offensive rebounds and scoring, that's a big plus. Yeah, but it's a plus for Andrew Wiggins to be in the system, right? Because he doesn't have, to have that pressure that he had in Minnesota where, oh, I got to be the guy. No, because you already got two guys that have been those guys. 100%. And it also shows, it also is is good because a guy like him, they're pushing for him to be a, 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 a high perennial all-star if he can. Like, they want that from him. And they understand and know that if they got that, they're good. Because what they got is a, a better version of a Harrison Barnes. Yeah, absolutely. A, a thousand percent. A thou- that's a thousand percent correct. And they know how important Harrison Barnes was to that team. So to continue to keep asking him to be to be to do what he what they doing, like that's important. God damn it! I never I never put that equation together. I never put that equation together. Here on the podcast, that's what I do, baby. A high level Harrison Barnes. Hey, that was just mom. That was really earth shattering right there. That's what I do, man. Yeah, I gotta get. I gotta give that up to you because you you just really carved that into my mind. Now I cannot unsee that. If we had air horns, I would have hit them like. Burr, 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 burr. Yeah, no, that's now that's. Hey, if anybody takes anything away from this podcast, take that away from me. So next time you watch a Golden State game, you can. And if you've been watching like you're an avid basketball fan, you know what he just said is almost earth shattering. But, man, so, yeah, and I, I think this series is pretty much over now. Um, they got, obviously, game four coming up tomorrow. It'll be in Dallas. I think Dallas will win one. I think Dallas wins one. I think Golden State will get it done back in Golden State. But you think that it's a sweep? Sweep. 
Yeah, so, um, but yeah, who are you taking as the Western Conference uh, Finals MVP? Man? Steph. Okay, I, th- I think we have no choice but to get the Steph. Yeah, no. yeah. but uh, <laughs> but oh, I, I do have one. So this has been like a, a thing that's been uh, I saw on Twitter. I just want to get your input on it real quick. I, if you're going where I hope you're going, I'm gonna cry. But no, no, it's just I got a question. I got a question just regarding. Uh, Two players. Oh, it ain't it then. Okay. Okay. I don't know what you're talking about. I, I, I'm not ready to talk about the Lakers and their coaching search. So, okay. that's what you're wanting to okay. talk about. Okay. Well, no, no. I, I, I did see. I was going to ask you about that offline. No. I'm, I'm not ready to have a conversation about that. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're fucking losing their goddamn mind right now. But, I don't know. Re- reportedly, Darvin Ham, if they do give the, the job to Darvin Ham, I think that's a good decision. No. A bad it's decision. Not. It's bad. Either, either either candidate is bad. But I, I tell you, the only reason that I think that it's bad is because of LeBron for Darvin Ham. But it's, it's bad either way. I think if they do, it, it, we won't dive into it, and I'm just going to let you know my opinion right now. I do think that if it's the other guy who I think is, is going to be, Doc Rivers, who they said is still a good chance, I think that that's okay. Doc Rivers is the only guy that they should be. I think that that's okay to. because I think he does like, the one thing about Doc Rivers, he's not a big X and O's guy. He can manage talent. They missed their they missed their guy in Jason Kidd and Tyron Lue. Doc Rivers has to be the guy. Tyron Lue could have been the guy. I don't think Jason Kidd would have worked well because of LeBron. But I defer. I defer. I, I, I believe it would have. Um, and and then we're gonna go to your topic. I believe it would have. The one thing and the one issue that I think here that lies here is this. They had hopefully they're smart enough to say we want to pry Doc Rivers from Philly, but we don't want them to know how truly interested we're in so that they can fire him. Because the rumor is, is Maury wants to fire him, wanted to fire him, but because of he was linked to the Lakers, now they want to see if they can get a trade out of it. Either way it go, I, I don't know. But I'll say that, like, I'm not even a big Doc Rivers fan, but I think Doc Rivers probably is maybe the right person at this point. Um, but don't go try to reach for a guy who isn't proven. Like we, 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 we can't do that. I like Darvin Ham for a young team. I don't like Darvin Ham for that job. Correct. Like, there's not too many guys that like like the Celtics that worked that that helped. They hit a home run, but he also coached with Pop for a while, for a long time, and played for Pop. But that you're you're not gonna hit that home run all the time. Yeah, no, and, and again, like with Darvin Ham, with him being a first time coach, I think coaching LeBron is very different. You have to be able to coach in a certain way, and where you can kind of just cruise control and let I sl- and let the players really take ownership of the game. And I think having a coach like a Doc Rivers, where he's just a guy who can manage talent, I think that's well, that's his best coaching attribute. I think that works well with the Lakers and can get them in a position to be a championship contender. Just like when he was with Boston, right? And he had Paul Pearson, Kevin Garnett, and Ray Allen. He had superstars. He was just managing the talent. He didn't really have to draw between the X's and O's. Hell, they even let you know Kevin Garnett was doing more on-court coaching than Doc Rivers. Kevin Garnett and... Um, and Ray Allen. And, and um, um, Rondo. But yeah. yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, he, he, he didn't really have to do too much with the X's and O's. 
He just had to manage the talent. Mm-hmm. All you have to do in L.A. But, no, what I wanted to get to was people were saying that Luka was the, you know, the, the one or the, or the first or the second best player left in the playoffs. I said Jason Tatum. I think Jason, I would take Jason Tatum over Luka Doncic. For sure. And some people were saying that Luka is better than, uh, than, than Tatum. Whoever said it is dumb. And I, I think that people have a misconception of better based upon usage. Like, Luka does more because he has to. Jason Tatum does, he plays a specific role in the team, but I think you get more out of him when you're talking about plus and minuses, right? Jason Tatum's going to, hell, he might not even score more, but he's going to be more efficient. Luka Doncic, it appears that he's a, a better player for the same reason that a lot of people are criticizing the career or what happened with uh, Russell Westbrook when he averaged a triple-double because usage was there. So it inflated his numbers, right? Same thing that's happening in Dallas. The only difference is they're winning. If Russell was in the year that he first averaged a triple-double, right, had they gone to the Western Conference Finals, nobody, I don't think people were out saying, oh, he was inflating his numbers. He was, you know, they were doing things to getting these numbers, right? Or he was, what did they say, padding his stats? Mm-hmm. Which essentially is what Luka does. He pads his stats. But it works because that's just kind of the, that's the role that he plays there. And I think that people have a misconception of, his usage being higher than Jason Tatum's with him being better than Jason Tatum. 100% I agree. I mean, that that always been the case. I mean, look, people are going to slander me about this, but fucking look at LeBron James. Like, his usage rate is high. So everybody always equates that to him being the best player in the NBA. Um, and at, at one point, that was the case. But it's been a long time. Yeah. No, and I would, I would agree. I think that you can still... You can still kind of consider him that, but it's the same thing. He's his his usage is just high, right? And that's why when you look at guys like Michael Jordan and Kobe, I think they their numbers are more true to the players that they were because the usage wasn't that like the ball had to get to them; it didn't go through them, which is a difference. That is a big difference. So, but other than that, man, I got nothing to talk about. Uh, you know, next next podcast. We can definitely dive into some more NFL because I, I do have some questions that I want to ask you about because I think it's about it's about that time that we start diving in and breaking down these different divisions. And it's a very interesting conversation that's alluding around one division in particular and who is the best quarterback. And I think you'll be surprised at who people are putting at the top and who people are putting at the bottom of this division. So... But I uh, want to thank everybody for listening to Tunnel Vision Podcast. Uh, you can go follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, Tunnel underscore Viz underscore Pod. We got more content coming for you. So if you got any questions, make sure you write us. And also follow and subscribe to our podcast on anywhere you can find podcasts at Apple, uh, on Apple Podcasts, Google, Google Play, Play, Spotify, etc., etc. Um, but I want to thank you for listening and till next time we out of here. Peace.